0: Hey everyone, the three of us are all post-vaccine and feeling reflective about the past and hopeful about the future. In this episode, we talk about what we've learned from the last year and what we wanna take into the next school year. We also take a minute to talk about how strong we've been and how impressed we are with everybody for making it through the last year. We're human, so we expect our hopefulness to wane a little bit, but we're gonna ride this wave as long as we can, and we hope we can offer you all some hope while we do it. We hope you enjoy it. (laughs) We could just like add that in for fun. Yeah. Um, I'm ready whenever, Sarah, you tell me.
1: Welcome to Podcast Therapists. Hi, Amanda. Hi, Caroline. Hello. Hi, y'all. So guess what? What? We're here again. And Caroline and I are post second, like our first day post second vaccine. So I am rallying. And Caroline is rallying, but I think I'm winning the rallying race. Yes.
0: Caroline, (laughs) you are a stunning, stunning woman. And this is not your best look, but it's your best look in your heart. (laughs) Yeah. You know, I'm trying to
2: keep it together. (laughs) I
0: know. You're doing a
2: great job. (laughs) We're going to see how it goes. Um, Yeah, took some Advil before this. I think we're going to be fine, maybe, maybe It just means it's working. That's right. Right, it means it's working. I'm actually so grateful to feel as bad as I do. I kind of woke up in the middle of the night and told myself I was dying. (laughs) (laughs) And I'm pretty, like, good about being pain tolerant and things like that, but... I was in a rough spot. The dog was like really confused as to what was going on.
0: <laughs> so if you're going to get yours, I would say from our collective experience, yeah. like 12 to 36 hours later is kind of rough, just as a heads up. Like we yeah. had to cancel clients. We had yeah. to lie in bed and sweat and cry. We had to do all of those things. So just put that on your calendar if you're getting your second vaccine. Yeah, it's you, you kind of sweat the gratitude. A little with the hot flashes but sarah you're about 36 hours out and you're like am, hanging in there i f- totally
1: feel fine my daughter said i looked really pale but then i think the reality hit her that actually i'm just very pale <laughs> i don't think i actually looked <laughs> i didn't look any different i don't think i just was i am always pale
2: yeah i think the bags under my eyes are a little bit more noticeable i feel a little nasally too which is good for a podcast recording <laughs> yeah but i'm also usually the one that runs
1: really hot and i feel like i'm like bundled today there you, Thank you are it's fine it, it, no matter what having um the opportunity to have the vaccine i think we all really appreciate and are grateful and i think also um as bad as it felt it didn't feel at all as bad as i'm sure this virus feels so. absolutely oh and i kept telling myself too i was like
0: it means it's
1: working yes exactly <laughs> it's like the flu shot kind of the same thing when you feel like a little rough after a flu shot but yeah
0: So we're all vaccinated, which is super exciting, and we all feel exceptionally thankful. I think we're going to be able to get back, hopefully, in our offices at some point, which is going to feel so great to be able to help so many more people. It has been a little harder to do it over Zoom. So we're super excited about that. Um, We're also really excited for the kids to go back to school. So there's a whole bunch of changes happening. Our schools are opening up, and I think for so
1: many families, not a moment too soon. And the national movement is to get kids back in the school system, which is exciting. But I think parents are tired, and we understand that. And one more change feels like a lot for a lot of families. And there's some anxiety about that. But all of that is really normal. If you weren't feeling at least a little bit of that, then I think we'd be a little worried about you.
0: Mm-hmm. So I think what we're going to talk about maybe is, is just what are we going to take from the pandemic lifestyle and, and schools being shut down and everything being closed for a while as we re-enter just a little bit more into a more social life. What are we going to remember? What are we going to kind of hold on to? There's been a lot of changes. And because of those changes, we have the opportunity to kind of think about what we want to choose into this next phase.
1: Yes, yeah, so the challenge is a little bit about reflecting back and seeing the things, the things that I mean everybody had to adjust such a great deal, and I think seeing what you want to take forward with you into post pandemic lifestyle. We're not there yet, but with the world opening a little bit more, just what are some of the things you want to take with you from your experiences personally and also with your family moving forward? And this is such a really unique
2: opportunity to have like this moment to reset. Right. Like most of the time, once we're in a routine, I feel like maybe summer kind of helps slow Mm -hmm. family life down a little bit. But I also know there are periods of time where summers get really busy, whether that's with like summer camps or sports, but I Summer like- swim team, swim team, ooh. Swim yeah, team. I'm like that's ooh, a culture, swim team. yeah, um,
0: Carolina.
2: <laughs> but I feel like sometimes we don't realize how much we're doing until we stop, and it's like this moment to kind of reel it in and reset and say, "Okay, what's really important for me? What's really important for my family? And what's really important for my kids?"
0: Yeah, I mean, I think that's the question: What is important for me and my family and my kids? Okay, we're gonna end that Done. here.
1: And um, thanks for listening. I'm glad okay. I'm we're not still competent, even <laughs> given the way that I feel. That was really good, was summary, <laughs> Carolyn. Yeah, and I think the other piece is like we know in our in our circumstances personally, we are um, really fortunate in the sense that we have we all work for the same practice. We have a great experience there at work. We all love what we do. I mean, we're very very lucky in that way. Not everybody has those same circumstances. Um, Not everybody has a job they love. Not everybody has the flexibility that we might be able to entertain, like some of those things. So we certainly want to acknowledge that we know not everybody's in the same situation.
0: Absolutely. And so I think even just thinking about your question, like, what do I want for me? Yeah, personally, what are you taking with you? Um, I actually think I have my relationships with my kids have changed through the pandemic. And and that makes sense because they've grown a whole year. I think there's this weird thing that's mm-hmm. happening with kids is that, well, we think when the world is going to open, it's going to go back to the way it was a year ago, but our kids are in an entirely different developmental stage. And so they're coming back into the world differently than they did before. And it's, and I'm going to have to make a whole bunch of adjustments to that. Yeah. But in this year, my relationships with them have changed. And I have found myself, I really have valued getting five minutes of one-on-one time with each kid. I've found ways, even though I've been more busy than I've ever been, I also have had the opportunity to take just five minutes with each kid. And that's been invaluable for me as a, as a, not as a mom, but as a person, like as a, as a woman, it feels good. Also with my husband, five minutes with my husband a day. These are not long periods of time, but I wasn't making them before. So I, f- I'm really going to try to keep that going forward. That's great. Caroline, what are you going to do?
1: <laughs> Sorry, <laughs> that was probably too pointed since you're.
2: No, I think, I think it's interesting because I have learned, you know, being alone with a dog during the pandemic, I think I've gotten to know myself really well, um, And I had a breakup like right before the pandemic started. So I feel like it has been a really interesting time for me in terms of my own routines and what I like about my life on my own, even even without like the normal things that I would be doing as like a single 20 something person. Like, I'm not really willing to like compromise on like the dog walking or which sounds so like such a little thing, but I'm like I love waking up and walking my dog for like 45 minutes every single morning, and we do the same route. And I listen to the Daily, or I listen to another podcast, or I listen to books on eating disorders. <laughs> <laughs> Need stay healthy. Caroline's learning <laughs> <laughs> because that's a really light way to start your day. Um, no, but it's just like I don't think I ever. You know, I think pre pandemic I was like oh my god I'm gonna sleep in as late as possible and like sort of walk the dog and run out the door and come back and let the dog out midday and like there's just a lot of shuffle and now I'm like oh I've been able to identify like this as something
1: that's really grounding for me Mm -hmm. so like an intention that you find more joy in it sounds like like mm -hmm. you've actually found some something you really love to do that you wouldn't have even paid attention to it maybe before.
2: Yeah. And I mean, I think I was walking the dog all the time before, but I don't think I ever noticed the role that it played. Mm-hmm. And now I know. Um, I also like love my workout community. And I think um, like the classes have been teeny tiny during COVID while it's been open. So I've like gotten to actually know people in that community. And that's been really cool. Um So I guess that's all self-care, right? I guess what I'm saying is like the things that had gone by the wayside for me were some of the like self-care things because
1: life gets busy or you're out of town for a weekend or you're doing this or you're doing that. Mm -hmm. No, that makes sense. That's a really good point. And especially like you said, being 20 something, your life probably, I'm guessing, was just more out, like Mm -hmm. social, eating out, meeting friends. Like More than mine, definitely, in my 50s. Probably a little more than Amanda with three kids, right? Just her availability to be out. Yeah, totally.
2: Yeah, and I think, you know, there was a lot of pressure to, like, always be doing something. Like, Mm. you know, what are you going to do Friday night? What are you going to do Saturday? What are you going to do Saturday night? Like,
1: and there wasn't a lot of space or time to just recharge. Mm -hmm. Yeah, I think that's really interesting. I always say to people in their 20s, too, it's like, that's your run with a herd yeah rate, right mm-hmm. like you like what's going on saturday everybody goes what's going on like you have to have plans mm-hmm. and they're always plans like there's always something oh yeah if you want to find something to do you can find it <laughs> <laughs> yeah I, i'm being in my mid-50s not so much what i'm looking for anymore truthfully but yeah I what mean, are you gonna take i think you know what's interesting for my family the one of the big changes was that my wife didn't travel so we have always lived this lifestyle where the one of the parents, not me, traveled significantly during the week. And so um, there was always, there was slight dread in the not traveling experience at first for me, because yeah. I was like, oh, I kind of run the show during the week on my own or whatever. Um, and so I had to make room for that. But I think what it did was it balanced our family out a little bit as far as responsibilities and kind of who did what. And and so as a default parent, primarily, I got to share some of those with my partner. Um, but also because I'm a teenager, I think I looked at this time as a launch pad time kind of. So I started being much more mindful about um asking my teen to to join into like what we had to do to make our family work, what we had to do to make our household work. And because I all of a sudden I was like, wow, you're gonna be somebody else's roommate and like two years, you Mm -hmm. need to really sharpen some of those skills. Um, so, so things like cooking and, and housekeeping chores and things where I think I would let something slide, um, or I would just take care of it because I, it was easier than probably either, you know, fussing about it or, you know, although I'm really good at nagging. Um, but I think, so just kind of allowing, allowing other people to help me run the household to, for one, but also just as a family kind of having more family oriented goals around the teaching and the, the experience of that. And then I think two for me, um, again, kind of knowing that she's leaving soon and not, you know, soon. And I think, possibly maybe because I'm a therapist. So I, you know, work so much with different age groups all the time. And so I've seen so many other kids launch. Mm-hmm. I had the, you know, I always have this laundry list of stuff I want her to know before she goes. She does not have the same laundry list of things she wants <laughs> to know before she goes, but figuring out how to kind of share some of those and what I need to shelf because, and, and not be just super anxious about, you know, getting my needs met in that way. So there are things I definitely learned about. And that's a really interesting point as I feel
2: the laundry list of things is I feel like I've had this laundry list of like things I want to do before I settle down. And literally none of those got done in this past year. Because <laughs> they were things like, you know, like travel to this place or, oh, yeah. you know, go see friends from college or like, and I think what's weird is I would have thought that that made me so anxious. And now I'm sitting here and I'm like, do I still want to see my close friends? Yes. But there are a lot of other things that I thought I really needed to do that I'm kind of like, I don't think that really makes a difference. Like that's not like getting one of those things done off the list
0: isn't going to be what ultimately like makes me happy or not. You know why I think is this is gonna make me cry in general, just because I'm like thinking about this, but I think it's part of it is because you get that daily walk. You know, like that daily Mm -hmm. walk and that time with yourself and just being like, this is what I want. And this is the joy that I get. And I'm just alone. And it's great. I'm with bullet and it's beautiful. And I'm looking at the sun and listening to this great podcast and appreciating it like that's you can take you you can take that anywhere you Mm -hmm. are in the world, you might not need to go you know, visit all these places. Cause you can take that walk anywhere. Yeah. I was thinking
1: too, we were talking a little earlier before we turned on the sound and um, or the recording, but I was saying, you know, I'm 55. Like I hit 50 years old and was like, I don't really need to make anybody else happy. And so I'd already kind of settled into this place in my life just because of my age and my stage of life where I was like, I'm kind of going to do what I want anyway. I'm kind of done with like my own laundry list and things like that. So I think listening to you guys, like it was There were probably things that were more of an adjustment in some ways around those Mm -hmm. Mm
0: self-care
1: steps, where I think I had probably already gotten to that place, maybe just because, again, because of my age and and also because I have an older kid. Um, But, yeah, I mean, I got to that, like, I don't care what other people think and, you know, I don't need to make anybody else happy kind of stage, Mm -hmm. (laughs) um, which I think is... Awesome. And the blessing of age, truthfully, but it's interesting to hear you guys. Cause I, I had kind of already hit that where I didn't feel like I needed to be, you know, running out the door or doing those things. It did make me realize, um, the smaller things that can be fulfilling, though, like you're mm-hmm. saying, Caroline, like just the little things, the the little moments and really appreciating those like you're saying both of you.
0: And I think what you said, Caroline, sat with me, which is that you said it's non-negotiable. Like you said your non-negotiable walk with bullet. Mm-hmm. And I was like, well, who are you negotiating with when you first said it? But it's you're negotiating with yourself. Mm-hmm. You're negotiating like, yeah. is this worth it? And I think the answer is yes. Well, yeah, I mean, it. I
2: used to I love I hate waking up in the morning. Like the alarm going off is my least favorite time of the day. And like I literally play this game with myself where I'm like, all right, I'm just gonna count down from five and when I get to the end, I like have to get out of bed.
0: There's like, research on that. And I think the number seven.
1: Oh. I so no wonder you, hate it.
2: you did it. Seven. Great. <laughs> <laughs> Maybe I just count slow enough that I'm like <laughs> <laughs> No, but I mean I think like there is nothing, and I think I've noticed this in the winter, like the winter, the sun rises so late that I'm out there as the sun rises, and like the neighborhood I live in is really hilly, and I'm like, oh my God, this is like my home. This is oh, my place, and it's sweet. like me and my dog, and it's it's going to make me cry. <laughs> like, I know, it's lovely. But I think the, the pandemic for me gave me permission to say no, like you're saying, Sarah, like mm-hmm. There's all of this, go, 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 do this, do that, do this, do that. And it just let me say no and realize kind of like how unnecessary
1: some of the expectations I had created for myself and my life were. Yeah, that's a a good point. I can even translate some of what you're saying to the, the expectations I had for me as a mom. In that same way,
0: Mm -hmm. because we didn't we didn't know when we would say yes to things, we didn't know the flip of what would happen when you would say no, we didn't know that if we said yes, to me, it's like the basketball and the soccer and the swimming. And that's what I end up saying yes to all those things. I didn't realize how much I valued my own walk in the morning. And by saying yes to all of those things, then I was missing my own walk or I was missing those five minutes of connection with all of my kids. And the pandemic really let us see what saying no could offer.
1: Well, and I, for years as a therapist, when you would sit down with a family and you would say, so let's schedule our next appointment and they would run through the kids week. Mm -hmm. And you were like, Oh wow. Mm -hmm.
2: Like I I know and they Um, wanna come to therapy at like eight thirty PM on Wednesday.
1: Right. And you're like (laughs) And their kids six (laughs) (laughs) But I mean it's true. Like I I wonder if more families will feel empowered and, and not have that kind of fear of missing out thing because I think there's um you know and this is definitely when you have some privilege, you have the opportunity to grab all these chances for your kids to be exposed to this, that, or the other thing. It's really okay. They still grow. They still mature. They still turn out to be like normal, healthy humans.
0: If they don't play every sport if they don't play every instrument if they don't all those things you know and that actually takes me to what you were saying sarah about the folks in your family doing more chores Uh so one of the things that we have number one i am one of those parents that feels the pressure to say yes i'm like that as a person and i even though i say i'm not going to do it i always get sucked in it's just it's happening and over the pandemic, I've been pretty good about giving my kids some expectations about what they have to do. They have to unload the dishwasher every day and they're relatively young. Like they're, they were six and nine when it started. You know, they have to like, they just have some chores they have to do. And I think what happens in families is that as the kids get busier, the parents end up taking on more chores and they Mm -hmm. end up and it goes away from the family's responsibility to the primary parent's responsibility. And I'll be damned if my kids don't continue to unload the dishwasher. This is a chore they are 100% capable of doing. It takes five minutes. If, if I can continue that as part of the routine as school comes back, I'll be really proud because they have had some beautiful moments of working together mm-hmm. to clean the kitchen because I hate cleaning the kitchen. <laughs> and I, I want that to exist for the next 10 years. Yeah. Did you have chores growing up? I, not really. I think my mom was so busy and so worked, it was easier for her to just do that. Do it. Yeah. That's but, but true. I see tons of families whose kids are very athletic or who are very, very smart. And they're like, oh my gosh, the kids, you know, on the math team and on the swim team and on the soccer team, they could never do all of these chores. That's and hard. I'm like, actually the chores and spending time with family is more important than all of those activities. I think the research says that across the board.
1: Yeah. I mean, I, I, am. Um, it does, it, the research totally supports that. And I am um, definitely a yes person. Like I say, I speak like I'm 55 and super like experienced. I also was president of PTO and ran big fundraiser. I mean, I, I, you know, did this (laughs) coordinated the volunteers for swim team. Like I I did all those things that burn you out and make make you feel crazy. But, um, so I'm in recovery now, by the way. Mm of saying from, you know, the yes recovery program that I'm in, but I think, um, you're right. Like a lot just falls, like you want your kid to perform in school. You want your kid to perform and get to do the, the great things that they have opportunities to do. I am actually married to someone who's a no person who is like, and, and grew up in uh, like me do and like a farm, <laughs> like, right. Raising horses. And, and also comes from a long line of farms, um, out in the Midwest. <laughs> and so the, it's chores first. Mm -hmm. Right? It's chores first before fun. You have to feed the animals because they can't feed themselves. It is all about like learning responsibility and then you have freedom. And so that's been really helpful because I don't know that I came from that necessarily. Mm -hmm. I had a mom who did lots of things for us and, um, which was lovely. I don't think I noticed it, but so it's been kind of interesting that we've definitely had friction moments over it at times. It's not always been perfect, but I do admire that and really appreciate it. Um, so I think that's the balance in my house too. Like I've I've learned a lot. When it has brought balance back in. Yeah. Like because balance
2: just wasn't necessarily part of the equation.
0: It's brought ba- it's brought balance back in. In some ways, like I think it's brought balance into the like socializing versus home life, Uh socializing in your neighborhood Mm -hmm. was just way more manageable, like having a community. I think there's more sense of community because the people you see are the people who are your next door neighbors. Uh I think in some families, it's brought balance between like who's doing what. And I think in other families, it's been grossly imbalanced. Well, it highlights if you have a crack in the foundation,
1: it's highlighted some of the cracks in the foundation. And, yeah. and and i mean speaking in mental health terms i mean that's going to happen when there are outside stressors so there are lots of families that have really struggled in this time there've lots of families that have spent time working with people like us who have really grown past some of those fractures mm-hmm. in their family mm-hmm. um, and it's hard work i mean we the three of us Always get the cheap seat in the room because we're not doing the work; we're just guiding the work. Mm-hmm. But um, lots of families have taken this time to really buckle down and work hard. I mean, I, I worked with a lot of families and have over the last year with adult kids who or, or college-age kids that have circled back and come back, and the childhood stuff hasn't been resolved. So we're resolving it now, which is exciting um, for me because again, I'm in the mm-hmm. cheap seat. Um, but it's it's you know I think there's also been struggle with that, but also been great success with that for some families, which is great. Yeah.
2: And to be clear, I think that, you know, even though we're all talking about like things that we want to hold with us and take with us, I think everyone has had hard times during the pandemic.
0: Absolutely. Mm-hmm.
2: Yeah. It has not been easy. It's really mm-hmm. like, stressful. I think back to like, I was going through like murder phases. I was <laughs> I, so I remember, I remember you talking about And I would bad. get so mad that I would start crying and like, right. And I'm, I'm not in that phase anymore. So it doesn't feel as real, but. It, I'm like, there were really tough times during the pandemic, too.
1: Yeah, the goal was like not to hit that at the same time someone in your house was hitting it, mm-hmm. I feel like, for, for about the first six or eight months, like, or even
0: now, probably, for some families. And I feel like we can talk about it, and, and even the way we're talking about it, and I really am going to cry again, is because I feel like there is hope. I think one week ago, you heard me like, I just need my kids away from me. I just need to think. I need because I don't go more than five minutes without someone talking to me in my home. I think that's just the reality. And now the idea of having six hours of uninterrupted time is giving me such a lift and such a joy that I can look back and laugh at what I've experienced. But but we, I, I think it might take two vaccines to maybe feel that way. So if you're not feeling that way, that's okay. You're, We have... We're we're three vaccine. We're six vaccines in yeah, among in the us. three of us. Yeah. We're very lucky. I think too, like when I think about
1: what I want to do moving forward, obviously my daughter's still on the trajectory where she's gonna leave. That hasn't changed. We're actually a year closer now to her leaving and going to college, hopefully. Knock on wood, she still wants to do that. Um I don't know where she'll live if she doesn't do that. But anyway. Um But I think, you know, like little things have happened for even for her, like in this pandemic, she's gotten her driver's license. So she's about to really have some wings in a couple of weeks. Oh, my gosh, I'm going to curl up in the fetal position. That does freak me out a little. Um, (laughs) But I think, you know, like when I think about the things I want to kind of take forward too as a family, um, we've been doing family TV and movie nights like crazy people. And um, and I really think we'll probably continue that.
0: It, right? And And I would and you would feel guilty like pre-pandemic doing these like one hour like movie nights. It seems so luxurious to kind of pick a series with your kids and watch and like binge watch with your children. That seems insane pre-pandemic. It's the only thing holding my family together right now. <laughs> right, It's a joint effort thing. <laughs> Tough as nails, guys. Great show.
1: Really great show. <laughs> oh, I haven't seen that. Oh, it's great. But I mean, I think even for our kids, different age group. Right. Like so for your kids, tell me how you'll set that up.
0: I'm. I mean, I think that we had this lull at the end and it was like, I wanted to create something together. I wanted something we could all do together as a part of a routine. And we're so tired at the end of the day, it's our only option, really. But it was about finding the right show. And it has created even the four-year-old, it's like a normal ABC show, you know, it's like a big one. And even the four-year-old can get into it. And that time together as a family is something I want to take with us beyond because 45 minutes all five of us sitting and watching something is really magical that is a magical I know I kind of love that
1: we do we do the same like we um we just started we've been binge watching for ages together but we just started this thing where each Friday one person gets to pick the movie and it has to kind of be for a reason so it's either a movie that was like your favorite when you were a kid and you might I mean that's for um, the adults, obviously, or it's a, a current movie that our daughter wants to share with us, so that we're a little more hip, which we're probably failing at, or it's a historic <laughs> event or something like that. So, so we've started doing that, and I think that will we will carry that forward. Um, and and we're different people, I think. You know, so we all have different interests too. But this, like, you kind of respect the person who's choosing it because it's their choice, and so that's part of the give is like. I'm giving you my time because it's a great idea. Um, But with a teen, what's a little bit different is, you know, unlike maybe at your house where you're like, okay, let's spend this 45 minutes at our house. It's a little bit more of a negotiation. So, and it will continue to be that. So, you know, probably as social life kind of opens back up for all of us at my house, we'll have different things on weekends. So we'll have to pick the night and we'll have to kind of pre-negotiate that with our teenager, not ask her permission. I'm not confusing that with asking my teenager to run my house, but just in the sense of giving her that sense of freedom and choice as a teenager, um, because that's her developmental stage. That's what she should be learning.
0: And you want that, I think, right? Like, yes. Yes. Oh, Sarah? Sarah's like, yes, I want that. Um, <laughs> oh, you weren't asking. That it was rhetorical. Sorry.
2: But I think that's a weird thing. Like a lot of us have been pulled out of our developmental tasks. Right. During the pandemic.
0: Yeah. What do you mean
2: by that? Like, theoretically, I should be out dating.
0: <laughs> Caroline. Caroline you are.
1: I- just I loving every moment dating has got to be hard like I think about you Caroline dating and then I think about like my teenager dating and I'm like what is that going to be like that's going to be a whole different podcast I got to talk about at some point mm-hmm. but there but you're right like there's a whole
0: it's year my nightmare
1: kind of missing from normal social development and
2: yeah I mean I just I think that yeah, we've just been like pulled out. And I think in a lot of ways, we thought it was like a pause or a stop. But it's like, no, the development continues.
1: It just looks really different. I said to my mom the other night, I don't think we've been in a restaurant for a year.
0: We've been like three times. And it's gotten particularly my kids behavior is pretty bad. Because they've lost those skills. Right. That's my point. Like I even I mean, my partner and
1: I haven't been in a restaurant mm-hmm. together like it'll seem weird like we have to start that again but also as a family we haven't there are certain like yeah things to relearn like I used to be a
2: road warrior like I could drive anywhere and I loved it Like I sounds
0: so terrible.
2: (laughs) I'm like, I'll just go visit friends in Nashville for a long weekend. And that's like an eight hour drive from here. And I had no problem like leaving on a Thursday and driving back on a Sunday or Monday. And now I think about driving that far for a weekend. And I'm like, I don't think I can do that.
0: I mean, what do you think that the developmental tasks are going to be? When you think about it, when the world reopens, what do you think is going to surprise people about what their kids are having a hard time with? Um, I think kids will, uh, we have just
1: recently, you know, worked really hard on training our kids not to stand too close, to wear a mask, not to touch each other, you know, like all these things, even when they're with friends. Um, I think it'll be weird to them to have more than a few people around at a time. For example, Mm -hmm. I think that could cause... A little anxiety Mm -hmm. or just worry.
0: Mm -hmm. I think for like my kids, so my oldest is almost 10 and he is in the world where he should be kind of getting interested in girls, but he hasn't been around girls in a year. He has not been around a girl his age in a year. Mm -hmm. So... Oh my gosh, I will tell this. (laughs) So I ran into Caroline. We were out for Robert's birthday. It's the only time we've been in a restaurant. Yeah, yeah. yeah. There was all five of us. We ran into Caroline. We were all outside. We were all outside. It was totally fine. Um and Caroline rolled up, looking all cute. Because as I said, she's a stunning woman. Cause she's dating and, too. Because so she she's dating. <laughs> and my oldest son. To be fair, I was <laughs> with two couples and, still, <laughs> and he, me. He literally could not speak. My son could oh, not speak. Oh, that's like, so cute. Really sweet. And he was like embarrassed about our behavior and he was like playing it. I mean, I think what he was like playing it cool, but just like being a jerk. Do you know what I mean? (laughs) But it's from his own anxiety. And I was like, whoa, because I've never been in that situation with him because we have not been around girls in 10 years. In 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 a year, in a right, right, exactly. And I just think that might have been like the first time he's like seen a girl. That sorry, Caroline, it was you. <laughs> That's so weird. But I I just it was fascinating, you know. And yeah. I think there is this whole yeah. So I think well, and it's funny because I've met
2: him before. Yeah, yeah and he's right? not been like and that. And
1: he's been chatty and really sweet. And I was like, oh, you know, whatever. So you okay. were just like slipped right into that with him, but you were. A different. It was a different
0: circumstance. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And so I think there's these developmental shifts that we're not expecting from our kids because they have not socialized. And all mm-hmm. of a sudden, we're, we're just going to be run right up to them unexpectedly. And that's okay. Yeah. And puberty might have hit in your own
1: house, but it's different when it hits your kid and they're in the community or mm-hmm. they're in school or they're, I mean, things all of a sudden are different.
0: Mm-hmm. It was great. That's so
1: cute. I love that <laughs> cute. story. It was cute. I know. I think about like my daughter, um, date, I mean, lots of kids did date through this that are high school students, but some didn't, you know, I'm sure they Snapchatted or talked over social media or whatever. But I mean, you know, really getting to spend intimate time, getting to know someone, I mean, Part of it, I think, has been good for some kids because they got to know people on a much more intimate level, like, first before they would go out anywhere because you had to build this whole trust circle with them before you would even take the, you know, your parents would let you spend time with someone because of the possible exposure. So there's probably more, like... Conversation that happened, maybe that would have happened in school, Um, but then I think for a lot of kids there was none of that happening. And so, what about those kids? Like they're going to be thrust back into that social setting, and and there's going to be a little bit of a different pressure than like -hmm. your son who's still a bit young to date. Mm -hmm. Um, Yes, but especially not Caroline. (laughs) Yes, (laughs) that would be (laughs) wildly inappropriate. (laughs) (laughs) And and my daughter who's going to you know be in a situation where people should be dating. There's more pressure to date.
2: Mm-hmm. I also think that like I I worry about like how much FOMO there's going to be. Mm-hmm. I feel like pods have been kind of established and my like middle school and teenage clients have had these like very safe established friend groups. There hasn't been a ton of drama. Right. Like mm-hmm. because you've been seeing the same people and I they're bored, right? They're like excited to see other friends and I think that's part of like the like, enticing part of going back to school. But I'm like, I don't, I get anxious thinking, like, oh, I don't know that they're ready. And I know that they are actually ready, but I'm like, they're going to get thrust back into, like, a normal social life and normal social conflict. And normal social comparison. Mm -hmm.
0: Right? That will be hard, yeah. Yeah. I mean, it's interesting, because I think kids are comparing themselves on Instagram all the time, which is just so unattainable anyway and so kids must know that on some level like this is these are just famous people or these are just like mm-hmm. the super popular slash pretty girls which is ridiculous anyway but but when you go to school and there's such a huge expanse of people they are going to compare themselves more mm-hmm. so it's interest. that's interesting i hadn't thought about that mm mm-hmm. I think one of the things I'm really hopeful about with
1: some families that have worked really hard towards communication or just their their time with their kids and so there's more communication that's happened, that that support, support piece will be pretty automatic. So, you know, I think a lot of parents yes. have had more time to talk to their kids. Kids have talked to their parents more. So as their kids experience these changes, they'll be talking about some of that at home, I hope. Um, I mean, a lot of times, I mean, I know the three of us will get just one-off phone calls about, um, hey, this has come up do you think I'm handling it right from a parent? Not like, Oh, you need to be in family therapy or your kid needs to be, you know, none of Mm -hmm. that kind of thing, but just like, Hey, this is coming up. But what do you think? Do
0: you think we're too optimistic? I'm genuinely asking like, because I know I'm feeling good about where I am with my family. And again, last week, this is not the woman that you saw. And, and this warmth, I love my family, but, but I was really in a dark place. Do you think that this is, do you think listeners, honestly, are feeling, how do you think they feel? Do you think other people feel the way we do? Do you think other people are having a harder time? You know,
1: like, what do you think? I think it's going to vary. I think there are going to be lots. I mean, a lot of it depends on each individual child all of a sudden, you know, obviously, but I think also one of the things that is going to factor into this is even just the parent anxiety about kids being back. And so I think there's, you know, we're talking about like kids experiencing these new things, but also, for a lot of parents, their days have been really juggling work and mm-hmm. and their kids, and and now there's going to be a slight change in that. So now, you know, it's not like I don't know that everybody's going to have all this free time. I don't think that's going to happen. I think it'll be like, then they spend a little more focused time on work or, you know, whatever. But yeah, I don't know if it's going to be this burst of hope. I hope so. I mean, I feel like the whole country is slightly hope more hopeful than mm-hmm. it was, but... Um, but i think it's also really normal to have just um an expectation for you know being able to handle whatever comes rather than that makes sense pinning major um yes i think goals. that like i'm feeling hopeful today
2: um at 1 a.m. didn't feel so hopeful <laughs> <laughs> but i think it like goes day to day for me right like I'm like, yeah, even if I, you know, two days from now or two days ago, I may not have felt the way that I feel in this moment. And I don't know why this is what's coming up for me, but I'm like, we have asked so much of people. Mm -hmm. Like we just have asked so much of kids. We've asked so much of parents. We've asked so much of everyone. And I don't, I don't know that I have a point beyond that. But I'm just like, we've just asked so much of people that I hope people allow themselves to feel like they can be hopeful when they feel that way.
0: I I think Not what you're saying responsibly, but just like, it's okay to look forward. Because I think too what I'm hearing is, oh, my gosh, there's a little hope. And now I get to realize what a badass I've been for the last year and what a badass my kids have been and what a badass my husband has been and you all have been. Like, We have asked a lot of people. It's been an impossible year and even though it's been so hard and there are cracks in the foundation, we're here together with our families, helping each other, supporting each other and I guess that's all we can ask. Mm -hmm. And, oh, Caroline's crying. (laughs) It's not crying until a tear
1: falls out. That's my definition. <laughs> so I'm just teary. Eyes are right sweating. <laughs> I I think you're both right though. I mean and this has been really tough and I think it's it's been it's it's a survival moment. Like I think, you know, hope can be kind of dangerous if it keeps you in a stuck, but it hope can be fantastic if it is something that gives you some energy and and can lift your mood a little. And I think it's really okay to finally make some like to feel some hope it's really okay to feel all sorts of things it's okay to feel you know anxious it's okay to feel sad it's okay to feel happy I mean um it's but it's really okay to to you know to start thinking further ahead the next week for the first time in a really long time Mm -hmm. and I think the opening of schools is is probably the pinnacle of that in some ways um and, and who knows? I mean, you know, I'm sure there'll be setbacks. I'm sure there'll be changes. I'm sure. I mean, all of that, but we've almost gotten used to that. Um, mm-hmm.
0: and we've, we've got some coping skills around that now because we're badasses because we are badasses. I'm serious. I mean, think about, think about that. Think about how much we've done. And we do have those coping skills and our kids have those coping skills and, and, that as scary and as hard as it's been makes me feel really good as a, as a mom that my kids have been able to be this flexible and be, have you guys seen that post about them being superheroes on Mm -hmm. Facebook? Mm -hmm. Did you see that? How the kids are superheroes right now and how they've lived through all of that? I believe that. And I'm proud of my kids for what they've done this year.
1: Yeah. I mean, proud of our kids for, I mean, our kids have continued in school even though it was really hard. I mean, teachers have been amazing.
0: Amazing. Mm-hmm.
1: But I think, you know, when you think of your own family and and not that it has been perfect. I mean, we have had our fair share of fights and frustration and you know, all sorts of things, but yeah, overall, I mean, we've made it this far so far. Mm-hmm. That's really amazing. And the the plus is the coping mechanisms that are now in place mm-hmm. for this whole generation of of kids that
0: have survived this experience. Okay, hey, y'all, I think on that we should probably end. <laughs> yes, before we go a different direction,
1: or since before we're all I start crying, crying. yeah. yeah. Before, so now that we're all crying, we'll go ahead and get off the...
0: I feel better. I, I feel I feel um, happy to be here with you guys, and like excited to go home to see my kids, and really excited for them to go to school in three weeks. You know what this reminds me of? Really randomly,
2: what <laughs> what. I, my friends and I used to do this thing when we were teenagers where we would, like, make a rectangle photo with our hands and be like, Kodak moment. And, like, <laughs> it was, okay, this sounds so ridiculous, but it was, like, this way of, like, bookmarking it yeah, in your yeah. head. Right? And I'm like, I feel like we have to bookmark some yeah. of the positive things out of this, like the little moments that it's like, I know there's so much that has been so heavy during this time that we're ready to, like, let go of, but also just holding on to, like, those little moments.
1: Yeah, especially as parents, I think we could look back and see just the little teeny mastery exercises our kids have done throughout the year, even though they weren't in a normal school setting or they weren't in what they would term as the normal situation for them either. They've still been able to hit some milestones. They've still been able... I mean, your kids are unloading the dishwasher together. Hell yes. That's impressive. Mm -hmm. And, like, riding bikes and Mm -hmm. scooters and... getting nervous around
0: girls. (laughs) That's so cute. I I think we should definitely end on that. I know. Um, We're proud of you guys. We hope that you're able to just let a little hope in and be proud of the people in your lives and be proud of yourself. Absolutely. And your families. Yeah. Okay, y'all. See you soon. See ya. Bye. Thanks so much for listening.
1: Thank you so much for sharing your time with us today. Please remember... We are real life therapists. However, this is a podcast and is not considered a therapy session. Not only because there's no copay, but also because we can't speak to your individual
0: experiences. We're here to help you keep raising healthy kids. And remember, if you're an imperfect parent, we're right there with you.
2: If you or someone you love is in immediate danger, please call your local crisis hotline or go to your nearest emergency room.